Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio, sir, to our live show that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's in the news, what's in the headlines, what kind of propaganda is being shoved down your throats and trying to make sense of all of the lies. Because it's just so many lies. There's just, it's just... So many. Now, um, big show today. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, most of it's fun. So that's a good part. And it's not that we don't have fun every time we do the show. It's just that there are subjects that we can laugh at a little bit more than others. And it is, it's easy sometimes, to be fair. Um, you know, when you present to an audience, you don't always want to be like super angry. You want to give them a little bit of entertainment. And even though... A lot of what we see on a day-to-day -day basis is horrifying because it's the erosion of our liberties. It's the fact that there are legitimately forces out there that are actively basically just trying to destroy everything for no other real good reason or purpose aside from uh, they hate you and want you dead, which I'm <laughs> going to be honest is probably one of the greatest um, statements I've ever seen. Uh, coming out of social media for just like the overall feelings that people have about this kind of stuff. But um, <clears throat> to open the show up, uh, what I want to uh, bring up is this is a this is a pattern that I see a lot. And it's something that I've always noticed when observing politics. And I got the perfect example of it to bring it up again, uh, to give you guys an idea of the way that I analyze the news and, and the way that I look at things. And that is the Biden administration is currently uh, patting itself on the back because of what they claim is a reduction in inflation. For those Ooh. of you, I, I don't know if you know this, if those folks that have been going out and purchasing groceries or just really buying any sort of product, I don't know if you know this, but um, inflation's down. And that's a great thing. And the Biden administration is very proud of the fact that they have reduced inflation. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, that is the way that it is being sold to you right now is that inflation has been reduced. So that's that's good, right? Prices are lower. I mean, right. Well, that, I mean, it's great. I mean, I inflation. I, didn't, I haven't noticed. Maybe it just hasn't hit out here yet. Maybe it takes away. Maybe it trickles down. <laughs> it's got to be trickling down. All I know is the cost of lunch meat is increasingly high, increasingly going up and there's no eggs. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the egg thing is weird. Well, we'll talk about that in a second because I, I have my own things, on, uh, my own thoughts on that. But, but, but here's the question. Um, inflation's going down. People haven't noticed it yet. Maybe, maybe it takes some time, right? Of course. Of course. Um, inflation is an issue, correct? Like people have noticed that inflation was an issue previously, right? The reason yeah. why I'm asking is I recall that when we first started talking about inflation, we were told that it wasn't true. Then we were told it was transitory. Then we were told it was only going to um, affect the rich. Um, now we're being told that it's good that it's going down. So that that is literally the information custody 
when discussing inflation. And all of those statements were statements that came out of the Biden administration was that it didn't exist, that it was transitory, whatever that means. Like, you know, it's only going to happen for a little bit. Um, then that uh, it was only going to affect rich people. And then it's a good thing because it's being reduced. So that's that's the custody of the logic right now. But while you're going to listen to, you know, all the people on the news and in mainstream media uh, tout the fact that reduction or that that inflation has reduced. Well, what do those numbers mean? Well, I'll give you the numbers. Inflation is down. It was over 8% at its peak, and it is now at 6.5%. Oh. Well, that is, that's a reduction. It's like 2%. Yeah. You can get like almost 2% reduced. That, that, that's a great reduction in inflation. But how much was it when Joe Biden took office? Yeah, what was well, it when, you know, just a year, a couple years ago? It was just over 1%. Oh. It was just over 1% when Joe Biden took office. So this is exactly how Democrats love to sell you the economy. You see, when Democrats took over, inflation was just above 1%. Then it skyrocketed to over 8% in some, some estimates, 8.6 or, or more, 8.6%. Then they reduced it down to 6.5 and they cheer themselves and get to say, we are good at our jobs and we are great at governing. And Joe Biden's plan is the best plan that has ever been made because it reduced inflation by 2%. They may even go back and say, you know, Donald Trump never reduced inflation by 2%. I mean, there wasn't 2% worth of inflation to reduce, but you know, they'll say he never reduced it by 2%. And I watched the Obama administration do this because mm. what happened when Obama took uh, the presidency was the economy tanked. If you guys remember, we had cash for clunkers. We had the massive bailout of all of the of the auto industry, we literally watched American industry crater and we watched unemployment skyrocket. We watched all of, we all lived through this, right? So we saw just this horrific incident in the economy. Then we saw all of these claims that the economy recovered. You see, oh, it went recovered, into it? the toilet. And it literally couldn't have gone really any lower without us basically going into a Mad Max you know, scenario of, you know, thinking about having to eat your neighbors to survive. Uh, but because it got a little bit better, that was a great thing. Barack Obama was a fantastic president because he recovered the economy. Now, one of the ways to gauge an economy is by the growth, right? The GDP growth. Well, the GDP growth was historically low the entire time Obama was president. And if you guys recall, one of the big things, especially heading into the election, uh, into the 2016 election between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, was Barack Obama saying, this is the new normal. This is the this is how it is. Um, you know, this the small increases in GDP and stuff. That's that's the new economy, guys. This is the new world. This is how it works now. You know, these dreams of these massive uh, GDP spikes, that's just never going to happen again. And he said in response in a speech that he was giving in response to what Donald Trump 
was talking about with the economy was if he thinks he has a magic wand, I would love to see him try to use it. If he thinks he has some magic wand to fix the economy, I'd love to see him try to use it. Well, then Donald Trump got elected president and the economy was set on fire. We had not seen economic increases like what we saw. We did like wage increases went up. The mean wage of the United States actually increased and then mm -hmm. inflation decreased. So not only did people have more money, but their money went even further. We saw house prices go, or we saw uh, interest rates on houses go down. We, I mean, a lot of stuff, right? We saw great investment, all this other stuff. And in other words, the magic wand was don't be a progressive Democrat. That is, that is apparently the magic wand that solves the economic problems is don't be a progressive Democrat and an asshole that tries to just figure out an economic plan that results in the government having more and more power. But right. the point I'm making here is this is exactly how they handle it. They create a crisis. They don't even solve the crisis. They just moderately reduce the crisis. And then they demand that you clap. They demand that you applaud them for slightly fixing the problem they created. And if you remember that, whenever you're looking at things that are going on in your day-to-day -day life, you will see how that is basically the modus operandi of the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. Yeah. Is nothing is ever your fault, but every solution you should be thanked for. Now, well, I think that's because in my view, it sort of seems like every single thing, every single time, every single thing that I guess the government sort of does is always, or at least that the Democrats always do, is essentially it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all seemingly done without our benefit in mind. And we're supposed to just be excited about things that actually are not really making life better for anyone. And things like hiding the job numbers, hiding the inflation, be like present like the reason it seems like they need to present all of this so dishonestly is because at the end of the day, the goal is actually to make things worse. And so being honest about any of it is not really to their benefit. Yeah, like we we know that they fundamentally want to change the economy. You know, they 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 want it very much to be a centralized economy where the government basically controls and owns everything. If they could, if they could get away with it, they would take private property completely out of people's hands because then they can make the ultimate determinations. This much was I it, it, it's it's I never thought that I would have the opportunity to prove my case so um resoundingly and then COVID happened. And right. because COVID happened, it is one of the most simple processes for me to point at something and say, well, if you just look at what happened here, how can you deny that that is the intent? Right. And it's just, I mean, it is, it is fascinating. In all honesty, it is simply fascinating how we can show exactly how the government, an unrestrained, out-of-control government would react 
uh, if given even the slightest amount of power or the, the excuse, I think is, is a better way to present that is when given the excuse, this is exactly what they will do. Right. Now, and I think to me, the biggest thing with COVID that was the biggest eye opener was to see that things are actually malicious. I think that a lot of people felt like, well, the government, they're just dumb and silly. It's like, yeah. Uh, COVID to me proved that that was no longer necessarily the case, that there actually was an element here that was seriously malicious. And I think that was a, that's a difficult thing for a lot of people to, to deal with. But to me, that was the biggest eye opener about COVID was it's not that they're dumb. It's that they actually have bad intent. Now, when you say malicious, <clears throat> are, do, do you mean the like dehumanization of people who don't do what the government says, uh, the the persecution of, of people and threatening their jobs or or something more? Uh, I mean something more. When I say mm -hmm. when I say that it, it, things are actually malicious, what I really am calling to is this. I guess I would say it's things like the the mandates, the mm -hmm. the way that they were dishonestly pushing COVID numbers, and I guess maybe it's the dishonesty. Maybe that's at the end of the day, that's truly my my biggest gripe is all the dishonesty that dishonesty of it. Mm -hmm. That there was an intentional effort to present things incorrectly because it helped out once because it helped them out politically okay like, so yeah they were yeah and i guess that's to me that's the biggest my biggest takeaway was they were absolutely lying about the covid numbers because so that more people would get hurt because that would help make or not necessarily covid numbers they were absolutely lying about the cause of the disease okay here's the, here's the best example and this is to me what is what was the most frightening example on the onset of the pandemic they were labeling hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin drugs that have a long history of positive use labeling them harmful mm -hmm. seemingly with no explanation and the intent and that and the reason was because those drugs could be used to treat COVID early and prevent people from dying. And uh, the goal was to was to make people feel hopeless, to say there is no cure. You're going to die. You have to get the vaccine. That's the only thing that'll help. Right. So so the goal the goal like for for a second I I know we're talking about malice here but let let's take it away from how uh, cuz cuz this is going to be an interesting part of of the rest of the program right yeah is so uh, there's probably malice there's certainly malice somewhere we know that but how do you get a large group of people to um basically inflict malicious intent unknowingly well the easiest way and we're seeing a lot of this with the twitter files dumps but like we don't dive into it because we know about it and we know our audience knows about it knows a lot about it is the the goal that was given to literally everyone was you need we need to get everyone vaccinated we have to and yeah, that, that, that was, was the only th answer the single yeah the single and only solution was we have to get everybody vaccinated it just has to happen 100 absolute and right. then to do that they created the monster they had to create a monster for people to fight 
And the monster that people needed to fight was hesitancy. Vaccine hesitancy was going to get people killed. People were going to die because of vaccine hesitancy. And And so I remember mm -hmm. that one of the main big things they did was was this agreement with the, the between the government and between a bunch of social media companies, media companies, et cetera, mm-hmm. was they made all of these companies agree and sign a document saying that they all were committed to fighting, quote, vaccine hesitancy, which meant in practice, if you had information that the vaccines were harmful were not or not effective, Mm-hmm. That real information would be considered promoting vaccine hesitancy, and then it would, and it was then censored and suppressed in the news. Right, and and people need to understand this, um, because it, the goal here, it didn't matter if something was true or false. You have to understand that the the goal that was given here was people could not be hesitant. So it didn't matter if it was true information. The mission that was given was that people needed, like the the mission that was given was very simple. Every single person needs to get vaccinated. Now that means that anything that gets in the way of that result is bad. So it doesn't matter true, false. It didn't, it didn't matter. This was, this was the cell. Now, the way that they made it even easier was dehumanizing people that were vaccine hesitant. They called them all conspiracy theorists. They called them crazy right-wingers, inbred dumbasses that were drinking horse paste and, and, uh, led by a stupid idiot, dumb fascist president who was telling people to inject bleach into their veins. Right. Then it made it easy. Only mm-hmm. stupid people are hesitant about vaccines, even though, by the way, an incredible, it, it, it was primarily leftist ideology to question vaccination and drug companies. Right. It was always like, I mean, it was always granola chewing hippies that didn't get their kids vaccinated. Uh, yeah. So that, I don't that's... mean by and large, I, I, I mean, like, I know that there are obviously there are conservative people. There are also religious factions that don't. But what I am saying is the image when I was growing up were granola chewing Birkenstock wearing commune hippies that wouldn't get their children vaccinated because evil drug companies. Yeah. I mean, one of the largest, for those of you who don't know, um, I got some insight into social media uh, information operations within social media and how it works. And just so you're aware, the one of the largest uh, vaccine, anti-vaccine groups was started by a bunch of mothers and primarily was in California and has been around for decades, by the way. It, this is It's not something new. This didn't start because of um, COVID. Uh, in fact, when when I was introduced to a lot of the information and saw a lot of it, uh, this was actually pre-COVID. Uh, they were mm-hmm. upset over other vaccinations uh, that were going on, especially ones that because there are states that were um, trying to add new vaccines and, and things like that and make them required for school, even though um, it didn't fit the normal way. Uh, that's when I saw a lot of these like moms groups and whatever that were against these, these kinds of, um, these kinds of initiatives. And a lot of them are based out of areas like California. And they were fairly like the, the, not the, what, the, what they're not were MAGA hat wearing people. 
Like let, let's just let's just get to the you know base facts of it. These aren't MAGA, you know, MAGA American flag waving folks. They probably are now. Don't don't uh, misunderstand me. <laughs> and, and a lot of them are now. But I mean, one of the one of the greatest vaccine critics is the, the nephew of JFK, Kennedy's nephew. Yeah. You know, so anyway, um, to that point, though, we do have a we 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 have a lot of pro- fun propaganda thing. Yeah. The Colleen's pointing it out the vaccines cause autism. This was a huge thing in California. There were right. celebrities all over California. Uh, Jenny McCarthy is one of the biggest celebrities to have come out against vaccines and certainly not a Republican. Well, and a lot of the a lot of this was based on big pharma's evil and big pharma. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. let's say not say evil. Big pharma can't be trusted. Big pharma has too much money invested in the vac- in their vaccines that they can't be trusted to do the right thing. Oh yeah, man! Like big pharma was bad. Remember, like Monsanto. Yeah, you know they're you know genetically engineering crops, and this is going to be some giant evil you know corporate thing. It's funny because. If, if you think about it, and, and I'll ask this question since we're going down this, we didn't really prep this at all, but did you, um, Alan, did, did you happen to, uh, do you happen to remember, or, or sorry, is, is there a difference between what Monsanto does to crops and what these vaccine advocates are asking us to do with our bodies? I don't think so. Like in, in reference, especially when we look at something like an mRNA vaccine. I think that's it. It's to me the big, the biggest issue with the vaccines. What made me initially so skeptical was the fact that they were brand new technology that had never been tested or deployed before. Mm-hmm. And even recent history is absolutely replete with dozens of examples mm-hmm. where a new technological thing or a new drug, especially, is introduced without proper testing and it causes a bunch of unforeseen problems right and that's why i thought well and when i it's like you look into it and you think well this uh mrna technology that seems pretty exciting you're like yeah but it's never been it's never been done before there's never been human trials even like well what do you mean there's never been human trials yeah the human trials were the initial rollout of the vaccine and that uh, to me that I found uh, shocking in a way. It's like, sh- surely people are more responsible than this. Now, well, and- unfortunately, <laughs> they weren't. And then that's that's what was. I mean, if you look at say thalidomide, they're a drug that got a, got FDA approval. Basically, it got approval for to be just given to people, prescribed to people. Turns out, causes birth defects, and there are thousands of children that were born with horrible birth defects because this drug did not have long-term testing asbestos asbestos was regulated by the government that it had to be in certain buildings turns Mm out after no one did long-term testing asbestos causes a whole bunch of problems in the long term there is a ton of examples of this and that's why it seemed so absolutely insane to me when I was told that we all just need to take this thing and, you know, well, it's it's very similar to when they said, well, you know, we'll read the bill after we pass it. 
-hmm. It's the same energy there. Well, like, just shut up and let us do the thing that we want to do. And I just right. feel like, no, I don't want to do that. You people, Boy, that, funda like, that fundamentally is packages no... government. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's not necessarily just government either. It's this, it's anything that's untested that you're putting in your body has potential to be negative. I certainly, it's, okay, it's like, who goes out there and is just like, hey, Monsanto just uh, announced they discovered a brand new variant of mushroom. Who wants to come try it? Has anybody eaten it before? Well, we don't know, and maybe it'll kill you. But, um, eh. Like, but think about that. Think of how many mushrooms are out there that are, like, insanely deadly, but you just have to, like, what? Did people just test them and, like, eat them until, like, oh, that killed him, so let's not eat that one. <laughs> Well, it, it, it it's funny because um, you, you take we we take all of that right, and um, this week or really for a little while now, but there's been a lot of discussions about. It, it, I find this interesting as I saw a Forbes article this morning um, that it, it it its cover photo on Twitter was hilarious because it had zero to do with the article, but the cover photo was um, when Tucker Carlson and Marjorie Taylor Greene were uh, hanging out with Trump at his like golf invitational. But yeah. the headline was, is there really an increase in athlete deaths? <laughs> um, is there? <laughs> well, uh, this is what's weird, right? Is so I haven't really dove into the numbers. But let me let me phrase it this way. I see a lot of news stories and the majority of the media isn't conservative. The majority of the media isn't vaccine skeptical. Even even Fox was on, you know, on their knees over the jab for the most part. So mm -hmm. I don't see this massive uh, community of, you know, journalists all banding together to be anti-vaccine but i am seeing a lot of news reports about perfectly healthy athletes collapsing on the field so uh, yeah I mean, and that's that sort of thing that just i get to be skeptical about that well i get to be a little concerned about that even if the forbes article is going to turn around and say oh no the numbers are the same or lower then why is it a news story yeah I, you know what I mean? Like, explain that. To, I'm not the one, you know, I'm not going around looking at these statistics, but for some reason it's, it, it is a new story with a lot. I mean, with a lot of people, I mean, I know that there was the, the Buffalo Bills player. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. follow football closely enough to remember his name, um, whose heart stopped. And I know that there's a lot of people that are like, well, it's because of the way he got hit. Um, and there was a whole Maybe. fun line. There was a whole fun line that the left took on that, which was, this is the violence that black men are subjected to in the NFL. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like the, apparently sure. the NFL is super violent and racist, you know, except for it's mostly black people. But um, there is that, and that can happen. There there absolutely is. I, I know actually if a, uh, not a personal to me, but I knew somebody who played softball in college, hit a ball, and it struck the pitcher, the female pitcher, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, whatever that condition is. It happened to her. Her heart stopped like and she died. Comiocorditis or something like that. Yeah, because I, I knew a soldier back in the Army who 
she obviously she was gallows humor folks you're just gonna have to chill out and understand how soldiers can be but she was like well i I, i've actually already killed a person oh boy that's funny (laughs) it's because she hit a line drive into her chest but no like legitimately that was like a whole thing she was like i had to like leave school and go somewhere else and you know because i i basically killed a girl with a softball like she understood it wasn't her fault and you know stuff happens but still sucks anyway point is i know that that happens so i'm aware of it but i just have not like i haven't seen a bunch of uh, coverage ever of professional athletes collapsing which is always by the way it's always a news story you know in a in a uh, professional sporting event it's always a news story if somebody were to collapse because it's on television it's right there in front of everybody you would see it a lot but we don't we don't see it a lot that is not a thing that we see a lot at all never Great. before so Great either surprise. they're either they're covering it for some weird reason and a bunch of the media just suddenly a bunch of the media that is in fact funded by Pfizer and and all of these uh you know medical companies um suddenly for whatever reason became uh anti-vaccine or this is news you tell me like I'm not going to dive into the numbers you have to prove to me that it's not a news story even though we're seeing it everywhere Exactly. And and again, the, the only other explanation would be that there is some effort to make sure that people see this, that maybe maybe this was always happening and I never knew it. OK, but uh, I'm, I get to be at least a little skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, let's I personally go back to the. Um, to my to like the vaccines as if they were asbestos is it possible that they are there is something about them that is dangerous or that we don't understand i think the answer to that is is at least very likely that there could be some long-term ramification to these absolutely brand new drugs and it's not just this is my uh some of my annoyance and this is why i kind of just i hate them so much for lying to people about this the mRNA vaccines are a brand new technology that has never been tested, that has never been used before. These aren't a normal vaccine like other vaccines that you're familiar with. They are entirely synthetic. There is not some sort of degraded, naturally occurring virus that they are that they are filled with that they're making you immune to. They are a set of computer generated proteins that are like or proteins that were designed on a computer and assembled in a lab that interface with your own cells creating uh, basically creating instructions to tell your cells to produce this very specific protein we don't know what the long-term ramifications of that are and so that's why i'm more than ready willing to I guess, admit, if you could say, or more than willing to investigate that or believe that there could be some sort of negative side effect of that that we do not yet understand. I think a big thing with the vaccines is they are also is that this computer designed RNA package that gets into your cells and then basically tells your cells to start producing this protein, this little set of instructions that instruction that that is encased in what they call this lipid nanoparticle they see these like again totally synthetic 
nanoparticles that surround this and let it get into your body and attach the cells. I know from what I've read that those lipid nanoparticles, after they break down and basically uh, deploy the mRNA inside your body, those particles just sort of drift around. Do they, are you, is your body going to get rid of them? Is your body going to decompose them? Is your body going to take these synthetic particles that it might not, it, I guess I worry that there might be, these, they might function like microplastics where your body, where they will never degrade and they will just float around in your body causing issues. What happens if they get into bone marrow? What happens if they cross the blood brain barrier? We know that the lipid nanoparticles do both of those things. In women, these nanoparticles seem to concentrate in the ovaries. In men, they seem to concentrate in the bone marrow. Is that Are they totally benign? Or are they going to cause cancer in 10 years? The fact that we don't know should make us extremely ready to believe that there is something bad about the vaccines. At least that's the way it seems to me, but I'm told that I'm crazy for that. And additionally, the big thing to me about the COVID vaccines is in comparison to what? COVID seemed extremely survivable. We have these drugs like ivermectin hydrochloroquine, which absolutely obliviated the need for this vaccine. And the vaccines didn't even work. It, so I don't know. The whole vaccine thing is absolutely insane to me because by any objective metric, the vaccines didn't stop transmission. They didn't stop infection. They didn't do any, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Additionally, there is absolutely potential that they have a bunch of negative side effects that we don't understand. And so anyone should is, it would be absolutely natural to, for there to be hesitancy over taking these things. But for some bizarre reason, the US government and governments across the entire Western world essentially said the vaccine's the only way to go and the most important thing in the world is getting this science goo into people's veins. And I guess right. that makes me a crazy conspiracy theorist because I start going, what possible explanation could there be for this behavior? Why is it so unbelievably important beyond any reasonable metric to get this science goo in people's veins. What is it? I mean, that's why when people say, oh, it does something actually super nefarious, I'm ready to believe that because the I, because the push for the vaccines seemed so nonsensical. Right. And well, so and, it's and, like, well, what does it actually do? I'm probably maybe nothing. Maybe hopefully it does nothing. Best case scenario, it does nothing and it's all just hype. Worst case scenario, it does something much actually like intentionally nefarious and again I, I don't know if that's true or not but because people lied about it it makes me very worried that those conspiracy theories are true there is some evidence that the vaccine is related to fertility problems and it's being pushed by the same people the world economic forum bill gates and others but those two specifically hugely push these mrna vaccines those groups are also on record as their stated goal is population reduction of the world right and then i'm told so let's the third and then i'm told that there is a potential fertility problem that these vaccines cause damage to the to women's ovaries i mean it's one where i go do i put two and two together on that or <laughs> is that all just a coincidence now um i mean part part of the reason for bringing this back up and kind of rehashing um 
the whole COVID vaccine stuff is, you know, they're trying hard. And I, I don't know if people saw it, uh, probably, but there, there was a whole Love Shack rendition uh, that Jimmy Fallon had to do about this new variant. Because they're really trying hard to make the, you know, they're still trying to make it matter. So much so that a late night talk show host had to go out and literally sing a song about a new COVID variant and why you should get your 18th booster shot. So <clears throat> it's it's just very much like it. it it's the greatest. Um, it's funny because I can relate that and January 6th and all sorts of other things to stuff the elites care about that nobody gives a damn about anymore. Like no one cares about these things anymore. It's just like fundamentally, it's very easy actually for me to make that case. The regular American populace doesn't give a shit about COVID. It's dead. It's over. They're, they're over it. The propaganda stopped working. It's not that they turned around. It's that mm -hmm. um, there's new current things to be worried about. And there's only so many current thing uploads uh, that, you know, that the mind virus can only handle so much. Because uh, you well, want them to hundred yeah. percent focus on the current thing, um, and the current thing's just—it's just not COVID anymore. But um, well, before yeah, we, people are tired of COVID, and it's like, oh, yeah. all I hear about is COVID, like all these. So we need a new thing. We need a yeah. new current thing. And what is it? Has anything popped up recently? Oh, we have it. We have a ton. Um, oh, yeah. the 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 current thing, the new current thing for twenty twenty three, apparently, is gas stoves. Now, before Alan, I know you have some information on this because this isn't new to you and so we'll right. get to that in a second but it is new to me in the idea that i had never once seen any anyone making any sort of attempt judgment or otherwise in relation to a gas stove and then this week seemingly out of nowhere it's like the top thing that everyone's talking about right and i don't even to be honest with you I don't even know what the hell the background is. I, I didn't even dive into it because I just, I, it was so stupid for the longest time. I actually missed the boat on getting the good immediate information on what the hell people were concerned about because honestly, I thought it was satire. I thought somebody just <laughs> yeah. said something dumb. I thought like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said a stupid thing and everyone was just making fun of her. I thought she was like, oh yeah, gas stoves give kids, uh, give kids asthma. And then like, that was it. And I was like, oh, now this is just, everyone's making fun of her for being stupid. She said a dumb thing on, on like Instagram and uh, that's what it was. And then it wouldn't go away. And then people started doubling down and I was like, oh, oh God, no, this, what? This is yeah. real. Are you kidding me right now? And I'm, I'm not joking. It it's the new current thing. Everybody on the left has always been. I'm sorry, but real quick. Obviously, given this program's name, we like our 1984 references. Yeah, I know where you. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you know that we're going. We've always been at war with Eurasia. Like it's that. Yeah, it's. I don't understand. We've, we've always known gas stoves were a bad idea. Yeah, gas stoves have always been awful. I mean, my entire life has been dedicated to getting rid of gas stoves. And then everyone's like, I've it, never it was. Seen it is you. interesting how a bunch of people on the left suddenly overnight became experts on gas stoves, just like they became experts on COVID, just like they became experts on vaccines, experts on Ukraine, experts on Russian geopolitics. Yeah, it is relatively exciting to watch them twist themselves into pretzels over all this stuff. And, and what's what's so 
amazing about it is I see all these leftists like, I don't understand why everything's a culture war. But then when I mean, gas stoves, who cares? Oh my God. But what do you see? What do I see on Twitter? These dumb inbred idiot hicks wanting to keep their gas stoves like a bunch of idiot inbred morons. Probably, I literally saw a guy, his name is Ben Dreyfus. Don't know anything about this dude. Um, making the statement that people who want to keep their gas stoves are one, a bunch of inbred hicks, and two, don't even cook because they're retarded. Which oh, is, by the way, wow, that's quite like, the claim. I, yeah, like they don't even cook. They don't even know how to cook because they're stupid. Because they're a bunch of dumb hick, you know, idiot people. Don't even know how to cook because they're so stupid and dumb and inbred and white trash. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. I don't think I need to tell our audience or really anyone that people in rural communities cook more than people who live in cities. Yeah. One, financially, a lot of people who live in rural areas have to cook because financially it's cheaper. Like, you know who does cook every dinner at their table? People who live in trailers. You know, do you know why? Because they don't have a lot of money. Do you know what's cheaper than eating out? Making your own damn food. So let's just start there. Poor people cook more at home than rich people. Didn't think I needed to say that, but apparently to dumb liberal coastal elites, they didn't figure that one out, even though they eat out all the damn time. Right. Yeah. So co color me shocked. I mean, I, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't think that well, you just, sorry, it's clearly it, just in a, a way to attack people that are declared in the out group. Right. But it shows how like it literally shows how like if you want to attack your out group we attack liberals all the time but we actually know what they think we actually know what they do we know who they are we can identify them these people just make shit up like they just hate you and, and it's just it's fa it, sorry it was so dumb and just fundamentally like, easily disprovable let me put it that way it's just so easily disprovable that i was actually just shocked that that was the line being taken was like, wait, what? Are you stupid? Now, yeah. to another point, this is the new thing, and it is apparently some study came out that claims yeah. that uh, gas stoves cause asthma. Right. Gas stoves cause asthma. So that this is what a lot of people are pointing to. They're saying, oh, we now have this study, and it's, you know, super duper legit that, you know, I... You, you know, you kids get asthma from gas stoves. I'm like, well, do they? Uh, here's my my issue with it. Well, sorry. So I quick. heard about this a couple Bef years oh, ago. Sorry, Alan. Because somebody was building a house. Alan, and Alan, yes? Alan, sorry. Before we go down your thing, I just have one real quick question. Yes. Do you do you think coal burning power plants cause asthma? I I'm certain that they do. Oh, okay, because then oh an gosh. electric stove would probably be worse. But sorry, with no, because my well, then we should just have all the electric stoves should just be run on windmills. <laughs> but we can't have that because conservatives hate windmills. Well, 
anyway, sorry, go on with your story. I just, I had to get that. So a few, multi, a few years ago, there is a, I knew someone in the greater Seattle metropolitan area that was building a house. And they said one of their issues was, well, the, the government, the city government of Seattle was planning on, was wanted to institute this gas stove ban where they would ban the, uh, any any new property or home couldn't have put in natural gas. That was their, he's like, yeah, the city's like thinking about doing this. And so the guy was like, I don't know what I should do for this big building project. It's like, if, if they're going to say I can't put in natural gas, I need to, his, his, his thing was, he was like, I need to get in, I need to get this done so that if they decide to ban it, like they're apparently talking about, I can... I'll be in before the ban happens. So I heard about this a couple of years ago. And then all of a sudden, it's just, we're banning stoves. Uh, and oh, because, um, um, oh, and at the time, pardon me, at the time, the city of Seattle wanted to do it because it was uh, climate conscious. Because natural natural gas is bad. And, you know, it's a, it's a, there's, it's a, oh my gosh, it's a, it's driving climate change so they were trying to do it for climate change reasons it's non-renewable and oh it's non-renewable that's so bad and that then i see this thing where it's just um actually it's because uh i don't know uh, uh kids get asthma we have a study are you going to argue with the science and pardon me but after the nonsense of covid uh yes i will argue against the science because the science clearly is absolute is is never a good thing no, like no science chance. is clearly being abused like quote the science is not something that anyone should gets to hide behind anymore i think is no, the main point no chance that the left would have literally commissioned a dumb study to try to figure out whether or yeah. not <laughs> i mean that's a, that's a good find. question do you think people on the left would commit scientific fraud if it helped them push their ideology? Because I absolutely think that they're capable of that. Well, you know what? What's let's 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 play a little bit of a game here, and uh, this is this is not based on on anything that I've read or, or any any like scientific background. But I'm going to let you guys know um, uh, that this is how studies work. In case, in case you didn't know, this is how studies work. First of all, they get their sample group right. Mm-hmm. And then they have to look for a statistic differentiation um, between their sample group. And what they do is they take um, group group A, group B, uh, positive group, negative group, and then they look at the delta between, and then that delta becomes the report. Make sense? Sure. That delta being the n- number differential. Um, <clears throat> well, let me tell you how I could throw this study. Uh, natural gas is far more common um, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe I am, but if I'm not mistaken, it's far more common in rural areas rather than urban areas because of the infrastructure. It is more, sure. it is far easier to run, uh, gas pipelines, uh, out to homes than to build an entire, um, you know, infrastructure people, people like having LP gas, natural gas out in the country reasons why I don't know. There's, there's probably a ton of actual really good reason. Well, I know of a few good reasons off the top of my head, but it was very common where I grew up, but growing up in Michigan, most heating and stoves are fed by natural gas. 
Um, and I'll get to why in a second, or at least one of the good reasons why. Um, but okay, they're more common in rural areas. You know what else is more common in rural areas? Racism. <laughs> Allergies. Yeah. Allergies are more common in rural areas because, you know, we have plants. And that's usually sure. what causes allergies, pollen. And I mean, like the number of people I meet in the greater Seattle area that are allergic to gluten or well, I'm sorry. I mean, allergies like rat, whatever, hay fever, not oh, like, okay. like yeah, real yeah. allergies. Yeah, <laughs> like real allergies. Because like, I mean, it's almost a trope, right? Is like the city folk go out into the country and then somebody spends the entire day like wheezing with red, weepy eyes because they're like, oh my God. And it's because they're not used to it. They're not used to being around, you know, plants. They don't, they don't touch grass. Sure. Um. So you could, if you wanted to be a dick, <laughs> You could say gas stoves are linked to allergies. You could say that. And perhaps maybe what if asthma is linked to allergic reactions to, you know, all of, all of the different uh, pollens and things that exist in the air more commonly in rural areas rather than in the city where everything is dead gray and cement. I'm not saying that that's how they did this, but I'm saying that they could. It's very easy to. In fact, it's actually how a lot of your scientific studies are done. Right. If you take a group of people that have cancer and you ask those people if they ate McDonald's, the largest fast food restaurant in the world, and you said, did you eat at McDonald's? And they said, yes. And you say, how often did you eat at McDonald's? And they all said, well, about once a month. That could be a common thing done in every household in America, but somebody could twist it and say McDonald's causes cancer. That is literally why everything in this country causes cancer. Because if the majority of people who have cancer did it, a study can be commissioned that says that that caused it. The well, reality is, okay. is we don't fucking know. We're guessing. It, it, it is absolutely basically, it has been basically proven as a fact now that during COVID, Anyone in the hospital who tested, who had a positive COVID test and died was counted as a COVID death. What that, and that makes things rather weird when they died of things like a heart attack or a car accident or a gunshot wound. They were counted as COVID deaths. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with these quote studies. I mean, right. you could make any st a study, any study that says anything. Because it, it's easy to fudge the science. Because all you have to do is do this correlation and causation nonsense, and bam, you now have a study. And if you have a study, everyone's going to believe, quote believe it. And you have a bunch of people screaming at us, going, "I thought I I'm a good person because I believe the science." And the science is very easy to to fake. The science is easy to obfuscate. And that's why so, I don't trust the science anymore. So now when we take a look at the whole gas stove thing, this is crazy for me growing up in rural Michigan and having had the situation that occurred here in Virginia last year, most heating and ovens in Michigan are natural gas. Right. Some are LP gas, which are, which is different. Um, if you go real far out, a lot of people have like the big, 
propane tank outside. Yeah, but, and even then, is it that different? I don't know. But the reason, or one of the reasons at least, why there is a large amount of natural gas being used to heat homes and heat food in Michigan is because our power goes out a lot because we get winter storms. Right. You know, it's Michigan. Most of you think about it as being covered in snow basically all the time. Um, yeah. I certainly think of it that and, way. <laughs> and when there's a blizzard and the power goes out and you're in sub-zero temperatures, you need to be able to heat your home or stuff gets real dicey real quick. Uh, sure. So, Yeah. Uh, I, I know for a fact with my, my dad, that was one, one of the biggest, one of the biggest lessons I learned early on as a kid is my dad would say flat out, I will not have, I will not be dependent on a electric heating. And he grew up in Minnesota. So the same kind of idea. He's like, I will not be dependent on electric heating. So if there was a gas line, great in the house because then it wouldn't go out if the power went out. Fantastic. I remember times that when the power did go out, he would turn the oven on and open it to help heat, to help <laughs> supplement the heat. But similarly, he also had a wood burning stove, which is another thing they want to ban, by the way. Well, um, see, so this is what I, one of the things that made me suspicious is mm -hmm. I know these people hate carbon. They hate yes. nat fossil fuels. Forgive me for being suspicious if this entire thing with with gas stoves isn't just a, a new way they've found to try and make sure all the world's hydrocarbons stay locked and underground. I mean, like, it, it they, could... climate change is, isn't entirely a lie. The whole idea of anthropogenic climate change is absolutely a lie. And if they'll lie about that, they'll lie about children's asthma. Well, and at, at, I mean, at the same time, it, it, it could even be something as simple as the Democrats don't have a solution to energy independence in the United States. We could absolutely get we, we can get our own natural gas. We absolutely can. We have tons of it here in the United States. It is something um, that we can 100 percent be independent of and be a net exporter of at the same time. But they don't want to do it because then you're going to have to do fracking. Oh, geez. And they're against that. But you know how, like, how is Russia currently um, putting, you know, putting pressure on the European Union through yeah. their natural gas exports? Yeah. Well, how much natural gas do we import here because we're unwilling, because the left is unwilling to allow us to be energy independent? I mean, that could be, certainly it all comes back to the whole climate change arguments, the reason why they are that way. But one of the big reasons, like, why might they be targeting um you know, gas stoves now? Well, because they don't have a solution. Right. Because they, they can't solve the problem. Well, everybody just needs to go to electric stoves. And it's like the answer is, or we could just be energy independent. Well, we would be if everyone just went to electric stoves. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Most of our electricity in the United States comes from burning coal. How is that better? Right. But they, but it's because they can lie about that. And also it's because for the most part, I mean, <laughs> it's because they have greater control, you know, governments, right. this like, is, yeah, again, there this are is private partnerships with infrastructure, is, 
but it's a, it's exactly like electric cars. Electric cars are great and all, and are oh they're great and all, but one of the big things with electric cars you have to charge it on an on a grid, and mm -hmm. anything that's attached to the grid, whether it's a streaming service or an electric car, can be shut down from a central point. Yeah, and based on how I've watched the U.S. government comport itself over the last few years. It's certainly, I certainly wouldn't put it past them to do things like, a so, like, okay, for example, like this, this whole idea of a social credit score that the Chinese are implementing and that the World Economic Forum says everyone should implement and that all of these Democrats seem to salivate over. The more centralized your systems, the greater the ability to, for them to be misused against people. If, if everything's electric, my house is run on electric my stoves are electric my car is electric and it's all related to this big centralized digitized grid if i send out the wrong tweet and they label me quote a potential white supremacist could they shut off my access to my car could they shut off my access to heating i can foresee china doing that if everything in China was run off of electricity and all of your cars had to be charged and all of your heating had to come from this electric grid and your social credit score got dinged because you criticized the government, oh, guess you can't uh, charge your car this week. Guess you can't heat your home. Guess you can't cook that uh, big thing of rice. Sorry, you should know better than to criticize the government. And because Western governments under COVID showed an absolute willingness and excitement about doing exactly those sorts of things. Well, it made me very suspicious of anything that centralizes more power. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I know they're going to abuse it. I watched them abuse it all throughout the whole COVID years. And now I look at look at any of this and go, you know what? No, I don't trust you. I don't want you to. You're gonna you're going to misuse this if you have the power, and you clearly are trying to get the power to do that. That was what the the, the big lesson of COVID was. They want the power to control every aspect of people's lives, and they absolutely will use it, misuse it if they get it. Right, and that's why I don't like. That's why I don't like anything being gas. That's why I don't want anything to be electric. Yeah. It's just like anything these people want is probably not in my interest because they've proven that their entire mode of being is to treat me like I'm their enemy and try and change a society, the society that I like and am used to into something that I don't want. Well, and, and I mean, even from it's funny, just like reading about this stuff this week, because from my perspective, we had a freak global warming ice storm here last uh, last year um, that crippled the power uh, for about five days. And uh, we have an electric stove. We can't run natural gas here. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't cook. I had to bring my camp oh. stove out. And I had to hook up, hook it up to my propane tank. And that's that's how we cooked food and heated water and, and all that. Sure. Um, during that massive ice storm and I, like you're never going to get me to back down on that it's like fundamentally well first of all i don't want the government regulating appliances i don't want the government regulating like what i can buy remember when the obama administration regulated light bulbs for god's sakes like they just they, they just want to control shit. it's 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 insane 
But do you guys all remember that? Like just, you know, everyone talks about like, ah, it's a slippery, slippery slope argument. Conservatives are hey. so stupid. They're whining. They're whining about light bulbs. Who cares? Oh my God. Who cares about light bulbs? The, the slippery slope argument, whether it is about light bulbs, whether it is, it, a, it is about government overreach, whether it's about gun rights, whether it's about gay marriage and gay inclusivity, the slippery slope argument is absolutely undefeated. It, <laughs> yeah. It's like if I look back to what people were concerned about in the, say, the, the late 90s, they are, they turned out they are absolutely vindicated in all of their concerns. All the people that were complaining about militarization of police in the 90s were absolutely vindicated in, in how the police are, were used under COVID. All the people that were complaining about, well, you know, if we like legalize gay marriage, that's a slippery slope. Yeah, that we now have trans inclusivity being taught to nurses about <laughs> trans baby training so it's like how to know if a baby is transgender and we need to teach your kid about sodomy in schools it's like okay yep the christian conservatives were totally vindicated in their slippery slope argument there it, the slippery slope is absolutely vindicated and i almost feel it's a lot like the term conspiracy theorist where people go well that's anybody that says no that's just a slippery slope fallacy wait no you know that that's what's going to happen and you're just trying to keep people from recognizing it Hey, like I know what you're doing. You're being dishonest about this. Wait a minute. Are you a liar? No. <laughs> yeah. So but the gas stove thing is, I think, just absolutely, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I, it's ridiculous, and I think it's definitely being done for some nefarious purpose. It's like, people, we've been using gas stoves for a long time. The, if there's an issue with gas stoves, it's the fact that people use them without any ventilation. The giant hood thing that sits over your stove should be turned on when you're using the stove. I think that's really, I think this study, if you dove into it, probably just sh would show that. That, oh yeah, people just use it in a, t in especially modern homes. Modern homes are sealed in a way that older homes never were, yeah. which was all done for increased you know, heating efficiency, but that means that no air moves in or out of the house, or at least very little does anymore, because modern homes don't breathe. This is also why modern homes are highly at risk of developing mold if you don't have proper ventilation. Mm -hmm. So if people are now running gas stoves in homes that have very poor ventilation, I can see how these things, this could be a problem. It's probably as simple as just, yeah, just turn the hood on, boop. Now you have ventilation, everything's fine. So it, right. I, I'm almost a certain, it came, mostly it came from the left. It's probably something t disingenuous for something that you're not going to want. Oh, this is certainly a lie. <laughs> uh, pretty much. I mean, is that metric wrong? No. When, would, when has that metric failed me? It hasn't failed me in the last few years. Everything the left wants, I go, no, that's probably bad. And then turns out in like two weeks later, yep, nope, that was a lie. And it was all designed to increase the power of the people that you hate. Yeah, Eric's bringing up like yeah, and it, it, uh, prefer home home with gas ranges. Also prefer gas water heaters too. Like yeah, basically yeah, anything. I mean yeah, you know as uh, I like that Ra range is the proper term for a modern day stove. It That's is interesting because I don't. <laughs> I've never known the difference. I remember we always called it a stove. Yeah, you know, growing up, and that's probably just you know 
uh, colloquialism. Um, but we would always yeah. see those advertisements where they're like ranges for sale as little as however much they were selling them for. And I was like, what the hell's the difference between a stove and a range? Um, and it's just everything that's modern day is actually a range. Yeah. I get it. I mean, you actually, interestingly, you can get a natural gas refrigerator. Yeah. Which I did yeah. not realize was a thing, but absolutely is. I I know it's a thing specifically because of the same thing for propane on travel trailers and RVs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and that's... Which is cool. I mean, how cool is it that it's basically you can harness uh, natural gas to cool things down? I don't know. I just... I think that's pretty neat. And yeah, it, it, runs, it, again, it, it all generator. comes down to efficiency. It's like a gas stove burns at something like 80% efficiency. Like as, as far as uh, energy, as, as far as energy efficiency, it's something like 80% efficiency. Mm -hmm. And whereas it's like, oh, let's get rid of that and go to electric, which is maybe at best 40% from electric power generation to your house is something like 40% efficiency. Yeah, an obscene amount of signal loss through the wire. Yeah. And yeah. so then this is this is this is one of those things that is a serious problem and nobody knows it is overall civilizational energy efficiency has been dropping, but it hasn't been made up by an increased energy generation capacity. And there is a just on Mac a macro scale thermodynamic equation where there is this much energy that we're able to produce and we need this much and we are on the wrong side of that balance currently um and and everything takes energy so if you're not investing a good chunk of energy into making more energy sources available eventually you're going to start hitting a crunch on it just by the thermodynamics of running a civilization and that's something i don't think we want to put ourselves in that in a position to have that be an issue. This isn't going to be a fun game. Yeah, seriously. It's like nuclear is good and all, but nuclear requires a big energy investment to mine the mine the uranium, build the plants, refine everything. And if you do not have the energy, it's like say you don't, you're in, if you don't have the cheap energy to do all the effort to get nuclear to get the energy out of nuclear, then nuclear is just off the table for you. And mm. then what? Like, I mean, the worry is if we run out of coal and gas and we haven't already built nuclear infrastructure, we're screwed. Just simple as that. It is. It's as simple as that. <laughs> but speaking to more crazy government overreach, it's like mm -hmm. any idea that we're just going to get rid of gas stoves by government fiat at the federal level. That's absolutely insane. One of the other things that happened this week is they uh, there's is they instituted some a the ATF instituted a new ruling on pistol braces, which okay. is another bizarre federal, basically banning of something that's really common, seemingly for no reason other than it's just going to make people upset. Go on. So uh, there is this group called the. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. They are in charge of making sure that you can't have anything fun. And recently <laughs> they announced a new determination that the something called a pistol brace is now considered uh, a shoulder stock, which would make any, any weapon that it is attached to a short-barreled rifle, 
which is subject to extra restrictions under the National Firearms Act. Now, essentially what this means is currently as it, as it stood, if you, in the 1920s, they instituted the National Firearms Act because the goal was essentially to ban weapons. It didn't really work because they initially wanted to make it pretty much any weapon, including pistols, which were commonly used by gangsters. They wanted to make those pistols used by gangsters much more difficult to get. The thing is, when they did this, there was a big political fight and people said, well, you can't just ban pistols. Um, and so they said, okay, well, we will have a onerous tax on these things that we don't like that will de facto ban them. This was a $200 tax stamp. So it's not a ban. You just have to register it with the federal government and register that you've paid this $200 tax $200 on this item. In, in 1920. In 1920. So say, for example, in 1920, a firearm silencer was $7. And this tax stamp was $200. Now, in today's, if I went out and tried to buy a suppressor, and now the, granted the market's kind of weird because of this NFA thing, but a suppressor is a couple hundred dollars. Well, adding a $200 tax stamp to something that's like $400, uh, that's considerable, but it's very different than it was uh, in the 1920s. Just, sorry, so, real quick, just yeah. for the audience's reference, that's roughly $3,000 in today's money. Right. So ex imagine if if you want to have a rifle that has a barrel less than 16 inches, you have to pay this tax stamp. Now imagine paying $3,000 over the cost of the weapon to get the thing. The idea was to make it essentially to put the thumb on the scale of the free market so companies wouldn't even make rifles that were short. Okay. Because there'd be no market because people were essentially priced out of the market by the government. And essentially this NFA, NFA act made it so that any rifle of in the end, because they couldn't ban, they couldn't do this to pistols because there was too much of a political fight in the end. What they said is, okay, well, well short rifles, short concealable rifles that you can put under a jacket and walk into a bank with and tell them to give me all the money. Those, those became essentially illegal unless you paid this tax stamp and you had to register it with the federal government. People in modern times have said, well, what if I have a pistol, but I have a thing I stick on it that allows me to strap it to my arm, a pistol brace. And then I can shoot this pistol one-handed because it's now stabilized. I don't have to use two hands to stabilize and use one. De facto, and... The ATF looked at that and said, that is acceptable. That does not violate the National Firearms Act. It does not turn a short pistol into a rifle. ATF has a bunch of, essentially ATF is a government agency and they have the ability to make these determinations. It's not necessarily done by Congress. They can basically pull anything, pull anything they want. It's, well, it's, and, and it's an absolutely ridiculous system. Just, just to focus on something real quick, I, I want people to, um, I heard this line in a video I watched and uh, it's something that I think the audience needs to understand. A regulation is like a law in its implementation in every single right. way, except for one. When you yeah. are basically accused of violating a law 
in the justice system, you are innocent until proven guilty. A regulation has every aspect of a law, except when the regulation is violated, one person gets to say that you violated the regulation, and then it is on you to prove your innocence otherwise. Think of it as like your restaurant failing a health inspection. You have to prove that you did not fail that health inspection. So, but it has all of the arms of a law. It's the same thing. They can shut your restaurant down in this, in this uh, analogy. They can shut your restaurant down for failing a health inspection, and then it is on you to prove your innocence. So that is the difference between a law and a regulation and why the government loves regulations over laws. Anyway, sorry, Alan, go on. Yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. So essentially what the people did is they invented this pistol brace. You can put this brace on what is a pistol. ATF said that does not violate the National Firearms Act. That does not make it a rifle. Well, what people found is that this brace functions like a shoulder stock. I can put a brace on this pistol and then I can put the brace up against my shoulder and it kind of works. And so okay. people started being like, oh, this is a kind of neat workaround. I can now have something that feels like a short barreled rifle, but is technically not a short barreled rifle. Essentially, if we're all being honest, it was a workaround to this already dumb regulation. Yeah, as, as Americans you can have, are You can totally to <laughs> and freely walk into any gun store and buy a pistol. You can totally and freely walk into any gun store and buy a rifle. Of course, with you know all the other caveats, you have to pass the background check, whatever. Though we can talk about whether those are infringements or not. But there is no real serious extra There's regulation no buying a pistol, buying a rifle. <laughs> it's that if you want to buy a rifle with a barrel that's two inches shorter... Then sixteen, like that's an inch shorter than sixteen inches. It suddenly is this giant, crazy big deal, and so a bunch of people went, "That's a dumb rule." I can use this pistol brace thing to functionally have a short-barreled rifle, and I don't have to jump through all these dumb hoops. Additionally, getting registered for this—if you have bought want to have a short-barreled rifle—you have to submit paperwork to the ATF, and it can usually take about a year for them to approve it. So a lot of people went, I'm going to avoid all this hassle. I'll just put a pistol brace on this pistol. And now I have a functionally a short barreled rifle. This is great. How much fun is that? I, instead of this big rifle, I have this cool, fun little like stocked pistol thing. And it's great to come to the range. The thing is, these became, after the ATF said, this is acceptable and does not violate the NFA, these became incredibly popular. They're estimated to be somewhere between 10 and 40 million pistol braced weapons in the United States. That's an ins that's an incredible number, which means there's at least 10, probably 10 million American gun owners who by just overnight fiat decision by the ATF are now felons are now in violation of the National Firearms Act, subject to, I think it's a $250,000 fine and or 10 years in prison by having a unregistered short-barreled rifle. Overnight, they just made a whole chunk of Americans who just happened to own a piece of property with some plastic configured in just the right way. Now you're a felon. Well, now, real quick... Yeah. You can just remove the pistol from the brace, right? 
Oh, yeah, you could take it off, sure. So it's not illegal there. Right. It's not illegal to own it. It's illegal to put it... Again, it's illegal to have it on a pistol Okay. if that pistol has not been registered as a short-barreled rifle. So everyone... Okay, so all of these, possibly as, as few as 10 million mm-hmm. American gun owners, now if they put the piece of plastic on the other piece of plastic, <laughs> felony! <laughs> Take it off. Okay, you're a law-abiding citizen. So Put them together. Uh, bam, you're a felon. Oh, nope. Now you're no longer a felon. <laughs> American firearm laws are really dumb like this. No, they, they absolutely are. And, and that is kind of the, the crazy thing is like how, how they like the ATF is run. Like the people who determine these regulations actually like don't know anything about weapons. And that much is provable by how they define um, diff- different aspects of stuff. Now, to be fair, I, mean, I would almost and, argue the opposite, that there's no way they if there's no way that they're ignorant that. There's no way that they're ignorant. It's that oh, a lot of the ATF determinations are much more politically driven than they are realistically driven. It it yeah, it looks ignorant unless you unless you view it as the slippery slope. They're just trying to find a way to take all of your guns. <clears throat> um question though. Not not well, it, well oh, sorry. Okay, Actually, real quick and, just and to make one sure last piece. There, there's mm-hmm. one last piece of this. ATF has announced that they're not going to arrest, they're not going to follow this with a massive arresting, like a massive enforcement drive. It's not uh, like yeah. ATF has then said, well, we're going to send ATF agents out to confiscate all of these things. So if these, if pistol braces, if short, basically, if short build rifles are so dangerous that they have to be extra regulated by the federal government, then the ATF should be saying, we now need all these resources, we're going to turn every ATF resource into confiscating all 40 million of these things or making sure that people register them because they're so much more dangerous than a regular rifle. That would make sense. But in fact, they're saying, yeah, I mean, we're making these illegal because, quote, they're that much more, they're such a danger to the public that we need to regulate them. But we're also not enforcing this in any way to do anything to get these off the street. So essentially, it's just like we just want to make things a giant hassle for people, mm. but in a way that is provably not because it makes anybody safer or more or, or less safe. Well, and I guess that that's what's strange is like, well, I mean, I'm not going to I don't mean this. Uh, I don't mean this directly. Like, who? what was the uh, <clears throat> what was the predicate of this? Well, the predicate was to take guns away. Um, but like, are there a bunch of gangsters running around with pistol braces? I mean, I'm not, even I'm if not there were, there's a, even if there were, what am I getting? Ooh, that guy's really like the fact that we have firearms available in the country is what me- means that criminals are going to get them. Yeah. And I think that's what liberal, like liberals have a point when they say, well, if there were just no guns, then criminals wouldn't have guns. Okay. That's kind of true. If we smashed, melted, and melted down every single firearm in the entire United States and made it illegal to manufacture new ones, there'd probably be, there would be less gun crime because there, there'd just be fewer guns. Yep. But we're not going to, but if you're not going that far, then there will be a legally, as long as there are legally procured weapons, there will be illegally procured weapons. And that's just the reality. And even if you Which take is, away legally yeah. procured anything, there can still be illegally procured things. Oh, there certainly could be. And yeah. 
uh, which is which is why these rules are so ridiculous that it's talked about it's like oh all these criminals are running around with sh pistol braced short barreled rifles okay they could are they like ooh you made this rule okay now they'll be running around with regular rifles they'll be running around with pistols like at the end of the day the criminals like okay so focus all your atf resources on them i don't understand why is it my problem is this how, just about, another... how about the ATF starts cracking down on the guns that get like straw purchased and sent to the Mexican drug cartels rather than, you know, what a bunch of people are, what a bunch of law abiding citizens are doing with their firearms? Well, the, I mean, the ATF isn't going to start regulating itself. Well, that's very true. That's <laughs> uh, a Fast and Furious reference. Um, <clears throat> not the movie, <laughs> the actual gun program where we were arming Mexican drug cartels. Yeah. And then a border patrol agent got murdered by one. And then Obama was scandal free. Um, I don't know. So <clears throat> doesn't matter. Um, I hate this. Um, at the end of the day, it's yeah, there, there's going to continue to be this massive push and encroachment. It'll be interesting to see how they twist this. Cause there's going to be a twist to it. Cause there always is. Um, and it's just, it's just every damn time. Like, all these people are like, we just want common sense gun control. Here's this uncommon nonsensical gun control that we're going to keep applying that somehow is going to be used to further apply to something else. And at the end of the day, I feel like it's just the ATF's excuse to go, uh, you know, kill a bunch of women and children again. Um, I think that they had a great time in Waco and they just want Waco too. Um, yeah. So whatever, whatever gives them the ability to like roll a tank in somewhere and burn women and children alive because... I don't know. Some guy has a religious cult or what the hell ever. Uh, I think they want to do that. Right. And, and the question to my, my question is why now and what are they doing? Now, maybe all of this is just a, again, maybe it's all coincidence. I think that the that the Biden administration basically did this to evoke a response so that they can then continue to keep complaining about. Uh, complain about guns. Also, with the gas stove thing. And with this now pistol brace ban, is all of this a cover by the administration to get Americans angry about something and talking about that so that no one talks about all the classified documents that were just found at Joe Biden's house in his garage? I'm so excited for this. I think a lot of this, because the gas stove thing is so nonsensical, and I don't think it's actually backed by any, it's not like they made them illegal. They just talked about making them illegal so that now everyone's talking about that. Right. The ATF and the pistol brace thing, they absolutely did make that determination. And it that is a, now has force of force of law behind it. Uh, so that's maybe more of a realist, real thing. But both of them are keeping people distracted from talking about the essentially giant breach of national security that happened because Joe Biden had all these classified documents. I mean, so, or or is it? The thing is, Trump, I remember when Trump had, quote, classified documents, and it was the end of the world, and he needs to be thrown in Guantanamo Bay. Oh, man, it was new. It was it was the nuclear codes. The nuclear and then, codes, and he's endangering national security, and he needs to be stripped of any ability to ever run for president again. And now, thrown in jail. Yeah. I don't know if the classified documents that they found at Joe Biden's house are any more or less inflammatory than the stuff they found at Trump's at Mar-a-Lago. Well, uh, real quick, just to to set the stage here. Yeah. How inflammatory were the documents that they found at Trump's house? Mm -hmm. Apparently they weren't because it went 
nowhere. Yeah. If he actually had the nuclear codes, it would be a big problem. I don't think that's what was they found Trump's place. They raided his home. Yeah. They raided his home, but we've never heard ever again. Conveniently, you know, around the time that the midterms were going to happen and when people thought that Trump was going to announce that he was going to run for president, which probably would have mm -hmm. given a boost to the Republicans in the midterms, suddenly the FBI raids Donald Trump's private residence because classified documents, it was a big deal. This was a massive, unprecedented, like, like, now, now we can talk about it the way a lot of other commentators talked about it, because sometimes I try to keep the hyperbole out because it just gets stupid. Now we can talk about it. It was a massive, unprecedented move <clears throat> by the Department of Justice. This has never, ever, ever been done before. The political opponent of the president of the United States was raided by the president's own Department of Justice and Federal Bureau of Investigation under the auspices of a violation of national security because that man had classified documents in his possession and it should have been turned over to the National Archives. Now, the defense that Donald Trump used is that He's the president of the United States, and he has ultimate declassification authority, which, by the way, sure are true. Now, also, Donald Trump was never a politician. So any classified document that's in his hands is from when he was the executive and that classification authority. Mm -hmm. Conversely, Joe Biden has never been a declassification authority until he became president of the United States. None of the classified documents in Joe Biden's possession could have possibly been declassified by himself. They might be now. He could declassify them now, but they weren't preemptively. Not that any of this really matters. Every president of the United States has classified documents in their personal possession. They, these things exist and they are, I mean, they are secured. They're held in a skiff. There are people with clearances that are around it, except for this situation. Joe Biden's private residence in his garage, by the way, which is where they found some of these documents after they said that they had found all of them. They were not secured by the Secret Service of people who have um, TSSCI clearance to be able to guard the documents. They were sitting in a freaking garage, a garage. They were sitting in a box in a garage. They were also found at a think tank that Joe Biden has which has access to a Chinese, which, which a Chinese national has access to because the think tank was Joe Biden and friends plus a Chinese businessman that his son mm. Hunter Biden wanted to make sure he had a set of keys to. Mm. So maybe now we know why Joe Biden's family was given about a billion dollars by the Chinese government because I don't know. What this sounds like from an intelligence perspective as somebody who has conducted intelligence operations, there's a fun little game that we like to call dead dropping. And you all see it in the movies all the time. It's super successful because it's a little hard to trace. You get a trove of documents. You take those documents somewhere and you put them somewhere. Then you tell your contact how to retrieve the package that they need to retrieve. They go to the place that you left them. They pick them up, either scan them, copy them, leave them, however you want to do it. It's called a dead drop, folks. 
Now, that's a little conspiratorial, sure. What I can say that the facts are is that classified documents were left in an area or in several different areas in Joe Biden's possession. The Chinese and the Ukrainians and God knows who the hell else pays a shitload of money to the Biden family for, quote, access. What if this is some of that access? Hmm. Is it so crazy to think? But do you know what the Democrats are saying? Do you know what some Democrats are saying? I do not. No joke. Democrat Congress member Hank Johnson of Georgia has suggested that these classified documents were planted by GOP operatives. Okay, that's the GOP is many things, but competent <laughs> is not one of them. That <laughs> I, I like that they I like that the response isn't the GOP would never do something so immoral or untoward. It's like, nah, they're too dumb. They would never be that good. The Democrats on the other hand would absolutely do shit like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but <clears throat> yeah, I, it, that's it's that's absolutely ridiculous. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna read these comments. Er, Eric, read some comments some stuff here. Let's see. Uh, Biden being in possession of illegally obtained classified documents from his VP days looks like a legitimately impeachable offense. If you ask me, we're supposed to let him off scot free. And Trump was justified as president to declassify the documents, and people want to pitch a bitch over over that one. To go further, there was nothing improper about the phone call to the Ukrainian president that Trump made as Trump was legally justified in to inquire about corruption and sending taxpayer money to a foreign co- uh, country. His political opponents had the bejesus scared out of them because they got close, too close, too close to comfort. Um, yeah. No, that was, so here's, here's the interesting part. Instead of quibbling over how the Biden one is different than the Trump one, right? Because we all defended Trump. We all said all the ways that this was stupid and that Mm -hmm. this was just, this was just a ridiculous political, what the hell ever. Are there differences? Yes, of course there always are. We have a there's a couple of questions we have to ask ourselves. Question number one, was the entire Trump Mar-a-Lago scandal? because Biden knew that his documents were going to be found and he wanted to create this whataboutism? That's a, I mean, that's a hot take. But it is a maybe. hot take. It, it's a potential. Um, Is it now going to be that Biden gets away scot-free because nobody wants to see Trump prosecuted for it? Maybe. Now, conversely, can the Democrats legitimately try to prosecute Trump and disqualify him from the presidency from running for president in 2024 because of classified documents yet not impeach Joe Biden. Maybe. Cause let me be honest. I'm a fan of Trump, but I would yeah. gladly, I would gladly impeach Joe Biden. And if all I had to give was, okay, then Donald Trump can't run for president. Fine. We'll have president DeSantis as long as Joe Biden's impeached. I don't see that as an unfair or bad trade. Yeah. And additionally, <laughs> I don't. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I might take the opposite line where I would say, listen, sure. I didn't really care about the Trump one because I was pretty sure that you, that if it was something truly dangerous, like, you know, truly information that we didn't want to get out, it probably wasn't that. Yeah. But honestly, if I'm willing to let I'm willing to let Trump off the hook for that, and I'm actually willing to let Biden off the hook for it. 
But the thing is, I'm going to rub liberals' face in it and say, well, you're the ones that wanted Trump to be, in, you know, to be stripped of his ability to run for president. I expect the same treatment of Biden. Because I think right. nothing would make makes them squirm like pointing and out. We would we talk about like I pointing out that hypocrisy doesn't really matter. I think in in ways it does. I think on a personal level it definitely does. It's like I, I have a friend that was anti-Trump and he was all up in arms about how Trump is such an evil, awful, mean, bad man because he's got classified documents. He's putting the U.S. at risk. I'm oh, yeah. real excited to, to talk to him about oh, the, these Biden documents and see if he changes his tune because i well, will smugly get to sit there and go listen man you said all these awful things that should happen i kind of it's kind of crazy that you would have a double standard because in his mind having like it will make him kind of feel ashamed as he should feel ashamed because he is promoting really stupid things if you want to have fun with this and like i'm already getting text messages from people and stuff like Try, trying to explain the legal difference. Look, it's not lost on me. I get it. Trump's Trump's was legal. Like Biden should not have been in possession of classified documents at all as vice president. I mean, he can sure. have them. Um, the reason why presidents end up in possession of classified information is because uh, they go to the National Archives. Vice president does not have the same situation. Um, just so everyone understands that. Like that is the distinction that everyone's trying to make. I don't care. I'm not saying that it's not legitimate. I'm saying I don't care. Uh, because uh, that logic only works in a justice system that doesn't have two tiers. And we live in a two-tier justice system. So you can go ahead and talk about it. Absolutely. You can go ahead and reference it. Absolutely. Doesn't matter to anybody that's going to do fuck all anything about this. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying it's a silly line to take. If you want to have a debate about this with liberals out there, don't care about what they say about Trump. In fact, you can even agree with him. Okay, fine. Sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 What Trump did was terrible. Yep. 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 Should be uh, prosecuted. But so should Biden, right? Yeah. But so should Biden, right? Same, same. He should be impeached, right? Joe Biden should also be impeached. And they go, well, yeah, but what about Trump? Yep. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Trump should also be prosecuted. Cool. Can we prosecute both of them? How about both? Can we throw them both in jail? Yeah. How about that? Can we do it? And if they go, well, you didn't care about the Trump one, you're like, yeah, I don't. And I don't care about the Biden one. But yeah, you, you cared don't care about, about the, the Trump one, one, so I expect you to care about this one. It, it just always turn it around back to, but you said, but you said, but you said. Yeah. And here's the difference. Because they took a moral high ground here. They mm -hmm. claimed to be moral about this. It was untoward. It was wrong. If we want to be a, you know, like if we want to be legitimate, if justice means anything, this needs to be prosecuted. You said that anybody who did this should be prosecuted. Because yeah, you could say I were okay. Same treatment for Biden as there was for like. Uh, literally, we could say I just think it should be investigated the same as it was for Trump. I think that uh, tr I, I think that Biden should have the FBI go through his home. Like you, you can say that and you're not even, you're not even being a dick or hypocritical. Just, I mean, it's at this level now. So I just, or you can just highlight the differences in reaction, of course, but you could just say, I just want it to be equal. I just want equal justice. I don't understand. I just want to see, I just want to see equitability and justice. 
I just, where's the equitability? Why justice. is it because? Yeah, I, I just want justice. Like, because we all know it. What's amazing to me, and the part that I really can't wrap my head around on this, how, when was the Mar-a-Lago raid? It was. Mm. I mean, probably, it feels like 10 years ago now, but yeah, probably not that much. Was it like July? Am I wrong? Look it up. <laughs> oh, it was August. Wow, I was close. Um, it was August eighth. Eight eight. Interesting. No, don't don't give me your numerological <laughs> conspiracies. Just um, all right. So the FBI search was August eighth. All right. So that was in August. Um, right, because I lined it up. That's right. Because I said, you know, uh, post July 4th is typically when people have already made their decisions about the primaries and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that was back in August. Um, so that what I want you guys to, to understand is if the raid by the FBI was made on August 8th, that means that Biden had months to take care of this. That's a very good question. Because it's not like it didn't Why just did highlight. Why did he have them like, in his garage still? Right. Like, like, okay, the reason why they were there in the first place, sure, we can have a discussion about. But why the hell would they still be there? It's like, okay, Biden has a team that makes sure he gets up and dressed in the morning. That He has oh, a whole he, team of people around him that ensures that things more, are. Yeah. He has, sorry, he has more of a team than other presidents have had because of the dementia. Yeah. So, I mean, he clearly has a bunch of people around him ensuring that everything goes according to plan. None of those people either. So either none of those people knew about these classified documents. They didn't care about the classified documents or these classified documents were intentionally there. Either they didn't think they'd get caught. They didn't think it was important enough or it was all that or these documents were being illegally stored intentionally. Is there any other option? It's like no. either they're stupid, they're either they're stupid, they're reckless, or they're malicious. And I can't see any other answer. Now I could, I mean, again, back to our discussion. If you were like, "Well, Trump had documents," I'm like, "Yeah," and it was probably pretty stupid of him to have something so easily, like, have something infl that inflammatory, so you know, stored at his house. He should have known better because no, he should have known that they were going to come after him on those. Just like Biden and his team should have known that we can't let these, even if we have the, had these documents, how did anybody find out about these? Like, what's in that? Hey, uh, was some reporter at the house and was like, what's in that box? Oh, no, probably classified documents. If I remember correctly, at least from one of the situations, a staffer found them and did report them. And by the way, it was months ago. It was before the midterms. Yeah. The investigation wow. in the initial investigation into the stuff at uh, Biden's think tank uh, happened yeah. actually prior to the midterms. They just waited until after the midterm elections to announce it. Right. Well, and it, it, do you think this is one of those things of someone was like, hey, I found these classified documents. I need to turn them in. And someone's like, oh, God, like we can't not investigate this because the rules say we have to investigate any breach of classified documents. Well, and this yeah, is because so egregious, we can't not investigate this, even if we want to cheerlead for Biden as much as possible. 
Well, I think that they're admitting to it right now because the Republicans just took over Congress or just took over the House of Representatives and have oversight authority. Hmm. They're basically announcing it because the Republicans would have found it out. And it would have been pro- then much worse if they had basically. Are they, so you think they're trying to get ahead of the scandal with mm-hmm. with this? I think they're trying to burn the scandal out prior to the uh, new Congress. Which also would, again, if, let's, we're, if we're saying that that's what's happening, it would then also make sense that you, you know, you drop this crazy gas, you float this gas stove idea and tell the ATF, like, hey, you know how you want to do the pistol brace thing? Uh, implement that right now. Like, I you're going to do that in six months? Do it right now. I just realized And that'll, keep, that'll dilute this whole thing down, and then the scandal will kind of die on the vine, and then in a month we'll be fine and everything will be back to normal. There's another reason why you would do it exactly this way. I mean, yeah, yeah. All of the information op stuff is absolutely true. Just, you know, muddy the water, have a bunch of things for people to be upset about. But there's another reason why you would announce it this way and uh, put it into a, an investigation that's being done by the Department of Justice and a special counsel. <sighs> because now when Congress asks questions, mm-hmm. the FBI, the inspector general and the special counsel can respond I cannot comment on an ongoing investigation. That's why. Yeah. Because now the investigative authority belongs to the Biden administration and can refuse to comment on the grounds that it's an ongoing investigation. That's why they did it. Fascinating. Yep. It's exactly why they did it. It's how they do everything. It's how Christopher Ray and James Comey and all those other bags of shit over at the FBI on the seventh floor in the Hoover building. It's how they get away with everything. I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. That's well, exactly that's why they're doing it this way. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's just, it hit me and I was like, oh yeah, it's that legal trick. That's exactly what they're going to do. I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. And that's exactly what's going to kill it. That Hmm. way, Congress will never get answers to it. It'll take forever. It'll be a couple years down the road at best. And then by the time they can actually get any of the information, no one's going to care anymore. It's not going to have any political staying power. Joe Biden will have likely wandered off the side of a cliff at some point in a uh, fugue state um, while licking ice cream and will just be trying to fight, you know, Commissar Harris. Oh boy. God, I want to see that idiot have to take over for Biden. That would be pretty good. That would be, I mean, we may as well get some yucks out of it while these people try to destroy everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's the whole deal, right? Is we're going to just see the massive hypocrisy. Democrats are going to pretend to be concerned or slightly concerned, but I do love that there's this blue and on conspiracy that it was planted by the GOP. Please, please do that. No, no, a hundred percent. Please show yourselves to be crazy people. I mean, yeah. or, or, or at a minimum, you don't get to call us crazy anymore either. Because like, yeah, would the, F- yeah. like, would the FBI plant, uh, things against a Republican member of Congress? Yes. A hundred percent. I think they would do that. They would false flag. They would plant, they would do all sorts of things like that. The fact that I don't think it's idiocy for people like Hank Johnson to suggest that a political party would plant something against their political opponent. I just think it's asinine to suggest that it would ever be done to a Democrat. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. 
like, I don't think he's crazy for suggesting that that kind of nefarious activity. And there's a reason why he's concerned about it because his party does that shit. He's just assuming that the GOP is as smart and as, uh, as savvy as the Democrats are. That's the reason why it's at the top of his mind. He's like, oh my God, the GOP probably planted that because we've totally done that to the GOP. They would probably do it too. The difference is, is that there's nobody in the FBI that would do anything for the Republicans. They're all owned by the Democrats. They're all communists because, I don't know, it was all part of the training pipeline. Send them to a bunch of liberal arts colleges and only recruit people um, that are going to gladly oppress the American people on behalf of the United States government. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. I mean, years in the making. I mean, the, well, the entire baseline of the freaking uh, agency on in and of itself was spying on people for political purposes. That was like J. Edgar Hoover's entire deal. Like the guy who basically set up and like made the organization spied on people for politics. So yeah, it's pretty pretty much in the lifeblood of that shithole. And just just for reference, by the way, I have hated the FBI far before anything with Donald Trump. I hated them when I was in the army and had to work with them. They're dicks. I hate them. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so tell us how you really feel. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't because then people would be like, please stop cussing on your program. I make my kids listen to your political podcast. And then I accuse them of child abuse. <laughs> Why the hell are you listening to political podcasts with your kids in the car? Don't be a dick. <laughs> like they don't want to hear this crap. I'm sorry. Uh, all of politics is adult themed. So if you're mad over me occasionally saying like bad words, uh, would you prefer that I not cuss? But why don't we talk about tra uh, gender transition surgeries? Which one's better for your kids? The F word or talking about lopping off children's genitals? As long as I don't cuss though. That's apparently okay. Anyway, sorry. That was the, maybe that was a little bit more. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Eric's saying that maybe my uh, podcast should have an explicit rating. Yeah, maybe it should. Um, I'm not going to click the button because I don't care. I'm not um, going to do all that nonsense. Ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's a button I could click that apparently then iTunes would have, a. Uh, but I assume that only adults listen to political podcasts. Um, so, no. Fair enough, I guess. Maybe that makes me an asshole. I don't know. I get it. I'm not trying to be too mean, but uh, I'm just not going to do it because I don't imagine an eight-year-old's ever going to listen to a wrong think radio episode accidentally. Or wow. if they do, they're based. Yeah, I guess I would say even if they do, I'd, <laughs> I, I certainly don't feel like we curse so much that it's anything going to be anything that out of the ordinary for them there's no content warnings on uh social media so i'm kind of over it folks yeah yeah kids well. can go scroll through twitter and hear a whole lot of stuff and see a whole lot of stuff i'm not going to worry about it but no i i mean i get it it's just um i'm going to have that kind of damn kids these days and they're cursing yeah no parents should absolutely let their kids listen to it because i'm pretty awesome I, uh, cursing uh, appeals to the children, the youths. <laughs> anyway, uh, so speaking of things that aren't cursing, um, but are fun, uh, this is the height of liberal insanity, and it'll be like one of the good last topics for the show. 
um, one of my favorite things in the absolute world. Um, the Miss Universe pageant is now being run by a man or, well, I mean, it's still being run by a man. Uh, it just so happens that this man wants everyone to claim that he's a woman. And there's a video going around social media right now um, of this entire speech that's given by a man dressed as a woman talking about women's empowerment and how Miss Universe is, you know, about women and women's empowerment. But it's a guy. That is a guy dressed up as a woman. My very favorite part about this is let's follow the logic. Just a few years ago, because remember, Donald Trump was involved in the Miss Universe pageant back in the day. And so there were a lot of liberals that decided that they were going to go after the Miss Universe pageant when Donald Trump was in office. And this was also part of some of the Me Too movement stuff as well. And it talked about how things like Miss Universe, Miss America, um, objectify women. There was this whole thing about beauty pageants and things like that being all solely based on the objectification of women. And this was a very big deal. Not that many years ago when Trump was in office, it was talking about whether or not they should get rid of it, uh, that it was terrible. It shouldn't be hosted on network television because it objectifies women. And it was part of the problem. It's what built rape culture was the objectification of women and things like beauty pageants, which mm. not going to lie. I mean, beauty pageants are stupid. Never been a fan of them. Don't care. That's just my personal opinion. I think it's kind of weird. I think that like four gay dudes from Jersey making determinations on what's beautiful makes no sense to me, but doesn't matter. That was the line of the feminists and the left. Miss Universe pageant was the objectification of women and is misogyny. But now that something, now that a man dresses like a woman and walks out there and is the figurehead and face of the Miss Universe pageant and is being made fun of by the right-wingers. You are going to see so many liberals stand up and clap for the Miss Universe pageant. It is almost so hilarious to me that I almost think it's a troll. I almost think that this was a marketing troll by the Miss Universe Association or whatever the hell they call themselves. And they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hire a person that is a trans woman. We are going to make them the head of the Miss Universe pageant. And that's going to get these dumb liberal feminists to shut up and support us and stop trying to shut us down for the objectification of women. Because in case you didn't know, a trans woman is more important than a real woman. Very true. And I, I'm not joking. All of these liberals, the same people that wanted to have this entire organization shut down just a few years ago are now going to defend the shit out of it. And it is only because, simply because, right-wingers are making fun of them. Yeah. No, I think that a lot of the left is driven reactively to what does the right-wing care about? We now need to circle the horse, circle the wagons around that. Oh yeah. Well, and, it, and it, it's amazing because, um, there's a, uh, I think I shared it on our Twitter. There's a video from libs of TikTok recently that, I mean, we all knew this, but it's, it's, it's nice to hear it occasionally. And it is of a, a, uh, transgender, what the hell ever saying that 
basically the entire reason why they use alternative pronouns and all in all these different gender things is because it confuses and frustrates straight people and create and, and causes me. chaos. And it's like surprise me at all. Yeah, like of course. Like that that does the whole reason why you do this is to get attention and to basically just be an ass. Like we all knew that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like only only liberals only liberals seem to be ignorant of the fact that your entire intention is oh yeah I just do this to make people I don't like mad. Uh, it pretty much yeah entirely. Yeah, like you know I I do this to hurt people I don't like. <laughs> Primarily through their children, apparently. So. Uh, yeah, and that's why that's what makes it all the more unseemly. Oh, it's so gross. It is. I mean, it is hilarious to see how much the transgender movement is just absolutely destroying feminism and just like eating it alive because now it's just oh, men. Yeah. Men claim that they're women. And I think, I think it's hilarious. I mean, I, I, I really truly do. Um, we're going to try to extend a little bit because there was one story we weren't able to get to, um, or maybe not extend a little bit, but we've got to talk fast on it. There is some propaganda, speaking of women, um, that I do want to hit on. There was another video that was going around on social media that people could see where it was a bunch of female Ukrainian soldiers that oh, yeah. obviously were not actually female Ukrainian soldiers. Right. They were models. They got a bunch of models to dress up in you know Ukrainian gear and like literally with makeup and fully produced videos, you know, carrying, you know, fucking anti-tank missiles and all this other nonsense. Right. But it is very obvious that these are not actual because the claim is, is that these are the beautiful women that are in the front lines of the Ukrainian war. Now, uh, yeah, it was and it was it was um, presented as all of these women, these beautiful like Ukraine has to get beautiful women to go out in the field because the situation is just so desperate because Russia is just so bad. Now, Which to me, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, this propaganda like this. It's the same as when you see the pictures of like, oh, look at this hot chick with the Israeli defense forces. See, like their situation is so desperate. They even have to have like women out there that the poor Israel is just beset upon all sides. Right. And it's just what's fascinating to me about it is you know you you had some fun uh kind of bringing up the idea of Dude. like yeah um if we're sending our beautiful women to war we're terrible people like yeah, nobody so, no, nobody agrees yeah. with this like yeah that's, that absolutely was my point which was be, women even in general women have no place on the battlefield simply because they're women and they should not be subjected to the horror and suffering of war. And this is I, I got a lot of pushback. People argued with me. Women can do what they want. Feminism, blah. The reality is no. No, that it is obscene to think of women in legit serious warfare. Like it's obscene. And 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 people commented, oh well, well, like so the ugly women can go to war? No. Like it's it's all women, but the idea that you would take a beautiful a beautiful woman is a precious resource and 
It's the same as like, I don't think beautiful monuments and buildings should be destroyed. Beautiful things should not be destroyed because they have intrinsic worth simply because of their, they're beautiful. Now, maybe that says that you're objectifying women, but we objectify things all the time. And that is, and it's one of those like, just fight me on that. Like, do you honestly think that, say that you, if you saw a, like, if you saw a beautiful woman and said, ah, you know what she should do? She should be on the front lines covered in mud and horror and probably going to get blown apart by an artillery shell. I think every, every person with a soul would have an immediate negative reaction to that and go, oh, that just feels so wrong. I mean, it would be the same as like, oh, look at this beautiful cathedral from a thousand, from a few hundred years ago. Should it be burned to the ground and turned into drab apartment buildings? Everyone would go, oh, no, that just hurts even thinking about it. And that's what, well, that's what I was trying to capture by commenting on this, is that it just, there is a instinctive disgust we have for things that are beautiful being ruined. And I don't want to see that. And I think that it is totally natural to not want to see that. Well, and the interesting part of it was the motivation behind the, the, the motivation behind the, the post and the video yes. is who is this going to appeal to? What is like, why who is the so, audience? Yeah. So this is the same thing as like a Pepsi ad or a, an ad for a car with a woman in a, in a swimsuit. The idea is, yeah, of course, sex sells. And one of the ways that we sell products regularly is we have a beautiful person holding it. Yeah. And which so but you understand, look, you know, wait a minute. Yeah. So is is this an advertisement? An it advertisement is. for the Ukrainian military? Why well, no. do they need an advertisement? Who is this aimed at? What's the purpose of of what is the purpose of producing videos like this and presenting it as if the reality is beautiful young women are on the front lines in Ukraine? Who it's, does that idea appeal to and why are they trying to sell it? It's because Ukraine is a brand. Yep. And you are being marketed to. Just yeah. like Pfizer is marketing the vaccine to you, Ukraine is a brand and it is being marketed to you. You are being marketed to. We're going to have to dive a little bit more into this later on a different program, but you know, ask yourself the question of why, and let us know in the comments, um, go over to our discord and let us know, why do you think Ukraine is a brand that needs to be marketed to people in the United States? And let just let us know simply what you think, because I'd be certainly interested about it, but that's going to have to be it for us. Uh, we're going to end up playing this off, but. Be sure to come back next week on Sunday at noon to check us out and let us know what you guys think on our Discord. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. This is Wrong Think Radio.
Thank you.